everybody, welcome to Smashing Game Time. We are two brothers and one special guest that go through the gaming back catalog of yesteryear. I am your host, Nick. Josh is here as well. Josh, say hello to the people. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. And let's say hello to our special guest, Dempsey from Overthinking Games. Dempsey, welcome to the show. Hi. We don't do video, so I'm going to try to not touch my face the whole time. That's my main goal. That's so, success for me. It's just okay. to not touch my face. I it's never, okay if you do. I'm always touching my face. It's kind of it's kind of. I'm always stuffing my face. So like, you'll see me. Like I got my chocolate-covered almonds. So that's why that's my good. snack is today. Josh, is that a cost? Is that the Costco container of chocolate-covered almonds? Uh, no, it's the Sam's Club <laughs> container. I was close. You know, same you know, tomato, tomato. Down the street. Right down the street from each other, basically. Yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody. We're back after a two-week hiatus. Sorry about that. Among technical difficulties and me being on the road, it was just easy to say, eh, screw it. We'll come back later. Uh, <laughs> today, we are doing some Spider-Man talk. We're going to look at our most three influential Spider-Man games, along with movies and other Spider-Man media. Getting that sweet SEO crunch, am I right, Josh and Dempsey? Getting that sweet. I mean, what's I mean, it's been out. F- yeah, it's been out for a while. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of fucked, aren't we? <laughs> At this point, we might as well just talk about our most influential horror games, aka Alan Wake Two. Hey, it's November. We're doing scary games after that. No, um, <laughs> so we're gonna do that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk some other stuff as well. But before we do that, let's get the stuff, the show stuff out of the way. We are a Trident Network podcast. Go check out our siblings. Big thank you to the new patron. Yeah, the new patron. This is a new part. The new patron for Trident, David. You remember David. He was on our last show from like two weeks ago. Thank you, David, for being a patron and for supporting the network. We appreciate you and all the others who do so as well. Thank you. Hey, we're podcasts. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on the YouTube. So go find us wherever you got your casting pods we're doing that uh let's see what else we got here it's been you can tell it's been two weeks since i've done this oh yeah fuck the algorithm tell a friend that's right word of mouth is king here with the bros go tell your friends and say hey computers don't tell me what to do that's right they don't (laughs) they don't fuck the computers fuck them fuck them fuck the ai hey guys it's been two weeks I hope you guys got stuff to talk about. Life, video games, whatever it is. Josh, you're going to go first. Okay, well, Nick's broken if you haven't, uh, if you can't tell. Ooh. So we apologize for those technical difficulties. There's no fixing him. So I'll start <laughs> off uh, top of my list. Um, I've been, I was dog sitting this weekend, so it was kind of hard to play Spider-Man. So I was like, I'm going to go back and play a game that I need to, you know, 100% again. So I actually worked through the rest of Resident Evil 2 remake. Finally, did all the deal, uh, all the like Ghost Survivor content to get all those Steam achievements. So that's another hundred percent for this boy. Did they in that two remake? Did they still have the tofu like side mission yes. or? Okay, yeah. and that's yep. like running through the sewers as tofu with nothing but a knife. Like basically right? run through the whole map, yeah, Ugh. as tofu. And then they had uh, the fourth survivor, which is Hunk. It was basically his mission after he gets the. Uh, G virus, but his is fun because he's running through with an Uzi, right? Oh yeah. So you you feel like a god. You feel like a god among zombies. Yes. And then there's four other scenarios. They're called the Ghost Survivors. It's like what if scenarios. Mm-hmm. So you get to play as um, Kendo. You get to play as the blonde chick that the Chief Irons kills. 
the mayor's daughter. You get to play as a secret member of Hunk's group who su- survived, and then you play as one of the sheriffs. And that's a that's a four that's a four character thing that you're shifting. No, each one like have their own scenarios. So like uh, Kendo's is you're trying to make uh, plans to escape. Mm-hmm. So you go from his gun shop and work your way through like the uh, the sewers and stuff to get to an evacuation spot with the uh, officer with sheriff. You actually are hung, uh, held down in the gas station. And you're holding off a horde of zombies. Oh, so, so they it's just like, all have their different scenarios. So that one's like wave based. You know, the the funny thing about Resident Evil and especially two is like those scenarios. Those scenarios get so goofy. I'm surprised they've never worked in like, oh hey, you can play as Ryu or Chun Li from Street Fighter in this Resident Evil two scenario, because like they they they're the developer that's like the most likely to do that. Like remember the Alien game from the PS2 era where the there was a whole world based around Resident Evil three, Josh. Oh yeah, I do kind of remember that. I forget what the game's called, but I just remember that being a big selling point. And then I think one of the Lost Planets had uh, had a Street Fighter character in it, or some other Capcom two character. or three, yeah. Um, and then they they had that one uh, dinosaur hunting game that just came out. Oh, Prime Prime Evil. Yeah, I know what you're that sounds about. about right. Yeah, that one that obviously no one knows about anymore because it died out as quickly as it came. It looked like Lost Planet meets Dino Crisis, so I was kind of here for it, but also. Ain't nobody got time for that. I just want to play as Mecha Ryu. Let's be honest. It's the only reason I wanted to play it. So what's going on with the RE4 remake? I thought you were done with this. I was not done with it. I only got to the castle, remember? I just got to the castle. That's I was right. right at the uh, this the area where you have to like take Ashley, go up to the top, have her do the uh, two dials while you hold off the waves. Finally did that part. We're going to make it through it. And I got to the uh, outskirts of the castle. And that's where I stopped because I was I switched over to that. And then I was like, okay, well, I got really pissed because I kept dying. So I switched over to Tales of Vesperia. As, as Nick, you do. Nick, as you do. As I do. Hey, at least it's not uh, Genshin Impact or uh, Star Rail. Give me that much. It's something different. It's a different JRPG. I am proud of you for not having either of those on here because every time you had them, I was like, Josh is going to drop like $80 on this game. And I didn't touch it at all this past couple weeks, to be honest. I need to, but good for you. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. This is growth. This is growth, Josh. I was worried. This was a- me and Dempsey were actually <laughs> talking about this. We were ready to come in here with an intervention because there was too much caption and too many gotcha games in here. Well, I wasn't paying. I only paid $5. Okay. That's how they get you. $5. Okay, four dollars this time. Yeah. Okay, five dollars this time. That's fair. But Nick, you know, Fortnite, I am I am talking spent? shit for a guy that just played like a game of Fortnite last night, saw the Michael Michael Myers skin, and then dropped twenty bucks to get like the whole pack. Josh, Josh, you get you Michael Myers. You get you Michael Myers, a, a pumpkin blink backpack that has a knife in it. You get the emote where he's playing a piano where and but then Hold but on. then when he does when? the when he does like the it's hitting, hitting the piano with a knife. How long ago was this that you that you made this purchase? Oh, this is yesterday. Waste of money. <laughs> Waste of money. I mean, you're totally, uh... If this would have been on October second or something, it would have been like, yeah, this is like my spooky purchase. <laughs> but like, no, waste of money. My, my argument is that Christmas. Basis? Christmas gets set like pe- people like the memes have been like someone like taking off like their ghost sheet and then like underneath they're wearing all their Christmas gear. I'm doing I'm I'm doing that with Halloween. I'm taking the holidays back. 
It is Halloween th- every day. You now. go to Thanksgiving then at that point. I agree. You wait, October 2nd, it's fair. That's a good 20 bucks you've ever spent. October 31st, there better be a turkey. I want Tom the turkey on there. Think about how menacing I Okay, so you're playing you're playing solo Fortnite. And Honestly, it, like a Bob like Bob's Burger has great Thanksgiving episodes. Yes. And like do. for them for them to do like a Bob's Burger skin for November, that like that would be the best move ever. This is the closest Agreed. we this is the closest we've ever been because I mean, we just got <laughs> we just did get Futurama skins. I want to say that was like over the summer. And so mm-hmm. I'm rocking a sweet but I think yeah, I've man. got all three of them actually. Uh hey, I've got I'm a I'm a I'm a Fortnite crew card card carrying member. But Josh, get back to get to back to your tales of Asperia. You, Let's get off my addiction. You are addictions. carrying the Fortnite community, Nick. You are the only reason that game is still relevant is because you're dropping so much money on it. I'm the only reason that Epic did not let go of eight percent, right? <laughs> Oof. Okay, moving on. Yes, Tales of Asperia. Just going back and knocking those achievements out. And honestly, it's a fantastic game if you've never played it. Um, and then of course, I'm still playing Spider-Man Two. Um, I didn't get much further. Uh, it's been a chaotic couple of weeks. Uh, I heard that. I heard that. Well, you know yeah. what, Josh, <laughs> you're, you're you're gonna keep us care. You're gonna carry us forward SEO through the rest of the holiday season by playing Spider Man too. So yeah, uh, until you tell me I need to go get uh, Alan Wake two, and then I'll carry that for like a week, and then you'll tell me to go get the next game. <laughs> No, I won't tell you it's to do that. It's a vicious cycle. Did you know Alan Wake 2 on PC is Epic Game Store exclusive right now? Yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to drop the money for it. It's gross. It's gross. It's gross. Nick, you're the one person who says we need diversity, and they're keeping it away from Steam. Make up your mind. Okay. Get like, off the pot or shit. When it's the bigger <laughs> games, I want them on Steam. When it's the smaller games, I don't mind like. No, you, can't have, you cannot have it both ways. You but have to pick. But I can't. Okay, then go buy it on the PS5. I don't have PS5. Josh, you got anything else? So, or can I pass this on to Dempsey? No, you can pass it off as much as you want now. Dempsey, no pressure, but what are you playing, man? Um, so first of all, I've been playing this game called Doing a Podcast, and oh. you get together with uh, a couple friends, and then you talk into a microphone, and then you try to say outrageous stuff on TikTok to get you know to funnel people onto your RSS feed. That Anyways, all sounds really um, terrible. I hate it. Yeah, I don't know anyone who would do that. Only the most insufferable people on the planet do it. Uh, so, <laughs> Kate, so Katie will kill me if I don't uh, plug us. So, um, hi, Katie was on here a couple of weeks ago. She had a lot more relevant things to say. She was talking about like cool games, like Call of Duty and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to talk about like Yoku's Island Express, um, which I think is a game that's like five years old. Um, and it's like... Uh, pinball platformer which is kind of the level of of video games that i interact with um but anyways so we have a weekly podcast sometimes it doesn't come out because i don't feel like editing it uh and we like (laughs) so um we're co-hosted by two teachers and me who is not a teacher um and we talk about like i don't know uh like we're like a worse vision, like a worse version of like a video essay, kind of like pick an idea <laughs> and like spitball things that we think are interesting about it. Um, yeah, so so go and you know overthinking games wherever you get podcasts and follow us on TikTok. Um, TikTok feeds my ego way more than our podcast. So if you're gonna follow us one place, choose TikTok and then leave comments. Oh, when um, you get a big TikTok, it like it just like you feel like Pac Man eating the pellets. Yeah, like no, you're yeah, just like that's yeah, it. It's yeah. A, it's addicting. We. 
we got our first one that was like 15,000 views. Um, and it was about on guard, which is a very fun. Um, I saw that pop off and I was like, I, I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. And like the fact that and it was that, on guard was even better. Yeah. And mostly it was just people telling me that I pronounced Sakara wrong was about 98% of the comments, but I did not care. <laughs> we, we, we still got the engagement. You know what you're um, doing. You're, you're pronouncing it wrong oh, on yeah. purpose. Oh, you're yeah. like, oh, this is going to totally. fucking get those TikTok uh, kids. A hundred percent, a hundred percent intentional. I was yeah, playing Gen Z's need to be pedantic. Anyways. Uh, so uh, there's three games that I've been playing. Um, one I am lying about and I actually stopped playing like two weeks ago, but I love it. So I want to talk about it still. Um, so uh, yeah, Yoku's Island Express is, I think it's like, it would be weird if it's not an indie game. I think it's an indie game. Um, ha- have either of you guys played it? No, but when I first saw this, I thought you had like a spelling. I thought you had a typo. I was like, he means Yoshi's <laughs> Island. This guy. No, I do not mean, I mean Yoku's Island Express. It's, um, I have skipped the lore. I think it's about like appeasing ancient gods. Um, I think that that's what like the plot is about. Um, but it's like a very cute cartoon style and it's, um, a platformer, but the main elements of movement is pinball. And so you'll have like different boss fights that are like a pinball esque. Oh, that is very cute. It's adorable. It's also really fuck. Can I, I'm sorry. Can I say the, we are, we are, we are, we exclusively do not swear on smash. No, go, go fucking ahead. Okay. So, so it's, it's really, yeah, it's really fun. Like incredibly fun. Um, it has made me think about platformers in a way that I haven't before. And like, it's all about like managing momentum and like, it gets a lot of the fun parts about pinball. Correct. Um, if you liked playing like the old Microsoft pinball that came stock standard, the space, you, you know what space I'm talking cadet. about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Space cadet. So like it, it hits a lot of those same, like, um, like it has little rings that you hit and then like you get like points and the numbers get really big and yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's very adorable. It's very easy to understand the wayfinding is good. It's a bit of a Metroidvania, um, which is also pretty satisfying. It's like really, I, it's fantastic. Honestly, I love that. Game. <laughs> I, Metroidvania. I, um, this look, yeah, this looks yeah, fun. It, it's like a pinball Metroidvania. I think, I think that's a pretty accurate way to, to describe it. Um, I, I played on my steam deck, um, and it's it's fantastic to pop in an audiobook, um, feel like I'm playing some pinball. Um, and then, yeah, I've been um, listening to the first Lord of the Rings book, which, spoiler alert, those the Fellowship of the Ring is a really good book. To, um, <laughs> <laughs> it, that's crazy. But <laughs> hey, did you know? I'm like, yeah, I'm only seven years, 70 years late to that. But uh, that's been good. Um, I've also been playing Baldur's Gate 3. Um, which I do not see myself ever stop playing. And it scares me because I do co-host a video game podcast and I need to play other games. Um, but there has something, yeah, (laughs) but there's something about Baldur's Gate three that like has its hooks in me. I'm not done yet. I've put like 250 hours into it. I have like four separate playthroughs going. Um, I love doing different builds. I love doing different, like, morality approaches and it's a very horny game which i really appreciate um i I also i say i don't like turn-based combat but my other favorite game is fire emblem like the fire emblem series Mm -hmm. so i think i do like turn-based combat and i've just been lying for the past 26 years but um anyways baldur's gate is yeah it's really lovely there's all there's like so much depth to that game as far as like um like combat mechanics go and like every time i'll see like a new 
YouTube video strategy um, or something like that. And like, actually, this is a way to synergize your spells or, you know, to make up. I wish I do have some uh, some things that I would like to see. I would love to like and this could be like a new game plus or like you have to finish the story before you get to do this. But I would love to do a mode where you could make your own custom party, like everyone from scratch, because mm-hmm. um, I would love to do more stuff with paladins. Um, which there's not really a paladin, like a good paladin option. And there's a few classes that you can't kind of play as unless you pick your character to play as. But like, I would love just like four clerics. Like that sounds like a very fun playthrough for me. Or so (laughs) I wish, so so I wish, um, yeah, there's some things that I'm like nitpicking about it, but I think it's a perfect game. I love it so much. I hope that it gets expanded upon forever. Um, It's the first game that's made me think seriously about mods. Um, Mods scare me. Um, just imagine a lot. how fucked up. Like the game's already got so many possibilities. Like so, the mods coming in, and then like, I mean, the system's already like working so hard to like you know have everything like tangled, like tangled perfectly, and just throwing a mod. Oh, oof, oof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I like um, I, I've seen some cool mods um, like to add like classes. Like there's an artificer class. Mm. Um, that seems like it'd be really fun to play. Anyways, so I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. I love that game so much. I want to marry all of the characters. Fantastic. Do you cover um, everything and then... in Greece like I do? Because I just, I smother everything. <laughs> I, I'm like a Greece hound. Like if I can cover it in Greece, I probably already did. That's, um, that's very funny. I like that. I like the idea of being a greasy boy. Um, <laughs> that's a vibe. <laughs> that's AKA I, uh... a gamer. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Being, um, I, um, one of my playthroughs I am doing and non, so I'm playing with a friend co-op mm-hmm. um, and they hate me because I am a cleric who has taken the Hippocratic oath. And so <laughs> I am not capable of, of, of doing any kind of damage. Um, and my friend fucking hates me, but it is fantastic. Um, I also have the character have really hot temper, so she gets us into fights, but never participates in the violence. Um, which, <laughs> I can't HIPAA. It's HIPAA. It's HIPAA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's HIPAA. Yeah. Um, anyways. I, yeah. I, I love that game. I adore that game. Um, I, yeah, I love it. And then um, a game that I finished a while ago, but I do want to talk about is an indie game um, by a Russian studio whose name I cannot pronounce called Torn Away. Um, it's like a walking sim-esque um world war ii drama um you are a russian girl whose family um who gets separated from your family um during kind of like in the middle of world war ii um and it's like really good writing uh it's though some of the worst platforming i've ever experienced in my life (laughs) um the movement is not good luckily that's an incredibly small part of the game um most of the game is like almost like point and click style puzzles. Um, is this first person or is this? It changes like, perspective okay. depending on the section of the game. Okay, I was looking at some screens. I was like, wait a minute, what is this game doing? Yeah, so so it changes it changes perspective. It's it's very like the structure is very loose in a way that I really love because it's very subjective. And so like when it wants you to be close to the character, then it's first person. And if you know, and like so it uses like the different gaming perspectives to like, as part of the narrative, which is very fun. Um, it's a very, t- uh, tender game. Uh, you, you're this 10 year old girl and you 
meet Nazis and you meet Russian people and it's you it's very um, uh, emotional and uh, I my personal opinion I think it's up there with like the pianist and like other really good like Schindler's List like other really good World War II dramas um, and it's from a Russian perspective which like as an American I do not get that perspective very often um, the, the voice acting I cannot tell if it's good voice acting or it's just foreign um all all all, all foreign voice voice acting sounds good to me so i don't know if you're russian and it sounds cheesy fair call but like as an american listening to it um the the voice acting is really good um your companion is a mitten who has been through war and has retained the memories of his battles and his name's comrade mitten um, and so like he kind of acts as like the narrator as he's talking to you while you're having this adventure and also recalling like the horrors of war that he has experienced as a mitten, <laughs> which is very unhinged and fantastic. I'm predicting Anyways. a heel turn from that mitten there. <laughs> I have to ask, is this like the Russian equivalent of Dora the Explorer? It's so... Uh, I, it, it's a very adult game. Like it's, it's like, it's pretty violent. There's some like horrible stuff that happens. Um, but it, it is genuinely from a child's perspective though. And so like the way, like the kid sees this, um, like it's, it, it captures how a child would try to make sense of this stuff mm-hmm. really well. Um, there, there's a, a section in a work camp that's very depressing, obviously, as it is a Nazi work camp. But like how your kid, like how your character, your kid kind of makes sense of what's happening in the work camp is like just really well done. So um, if, if you're looking for kind of like a like a two hour walking simulator, um, 2D point and click adventure game, um, I highly recommend it. I think it's fantastic. It's going on the wish list. Josh, you had the wrong comp. This is actually side-scrolling Atomic Hearts. I was, was going to make it the, still... I had a little Door of the Explorer joke going. I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> I didn't guess that's true. It's going to be like, oh, he's going to uh, sleep. Can you say spot? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Josh, not the not the podcast. No, this is the perfect podcast for that. Um, Dempsey, anything else? Uh, gaming or otherwise? Oh yeah, um, I recently got the 200 tower accomplishment in Balloon Tower Defense Six. And oh, if you nice. know, <laughs> and if you're immediately off this podcast I, for that, sir. <laughs> and I have I have been working on that for like the last six months. Um, it's hard to get those little towers. Anyways, Balloon Tower Defense Six, fantastic game to play in the background while you're working on a desk. Josh, that's the one Mikey game. plays, right? That's the one Mikey and Matt both play. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Get him out of here. Nick, have it's, you ever played him. a Plume Tower defense though? Like, I've watched people. Pl- I've watched people play it, and I'm just like, I can't do it. Nick, do I you can't. not remember going into the library in, in, in school and just sitting there and playing Plume Tower defense? If not that, you played a Stickman game. No, we. I, I remember playing stuff like you know Pajama Sam and like Putt Putt. I don't remember this internet flash game craze you younger kids were into. Nick, you played RuneScape. That's basically the same thing. I never touched a, I never touched a drop of RuneScape in my life. You take that back. I've never touched RuneScape. You're missing out. Plane Tower Defense is definitely a nice nice chill game to play in the background. Fan yes, hundred percent. I play it while I edit for work. And it's yeah, it's if you work at a job where you need like mini breaks, Plane Tower Defense Six 
fantastic. I feel like this is peer pressure. Like I'm a I'm a young child, like a young impressionable child. And you guys are like Bloom Tower Defense Six. Here you go, bud. First one's free. <laughs> Nick, you can play it on my Steam Deck while you still have it. Yeah, it's, I'm That's actually the... look. I'm looking at your Steam Deck. It's right next to a big bowl of water. Be careful, Josh. Watch what you say. It might end up in it. Uh, on my end, so I've been on the road a little bit, but I do have a few games here, and I actually link to these if you guys want to check these out. I beat Cocoon a few weeks back. Uh, this is from the, I want to say it was like one of the head devs from Playdead who did Inside and Limbo. 100% Cocoon. This is the puzzle, uh, top down, like you're a bug, you go inside the globes, you can like interact with them and like pull them into each other. And it was fun. The further away I get from it, I'm like, uh, yeah, like they just kind of did the limbo inside thing all over again, where everything's very much open to interpretation. And you only get the true ending if you find all the collectibles. I won't spoil it because I imagine there are a lot of people who are still working their way through it because the game's only not even a month old yet. But it's it's one of those ones where the the secret ending happens and you're just like, oh, so I guess I'm evil. <laughs> or it, is it? It can be. It can be. It's it's open for interpretation because you can either look at it and be like, I'm evil, or you can be like, I'm good. And again, I don't want to. I don't want to get too deep into it. All I know is that my brain was like spinning as I was playing it, and I was like, oh, this is. This is the game called because you know you're pulling these worlds into each other, and I was like, oh, this is the game calling for uh, cooperation and communication between worlds and like you know interact interactivity, and you know I'm kind of a dork when it comes to devs that left another uh, company recently and starting a new game. So if you look at Somerville, that was something they were like that was something in their messaging. If you look at uh, the game or Death Stranding, our book club game from you know a few weeks back. That was something Hideo was looking at, like, hey, you know, we need to reconnect the world and we all need to cooperate to rebuild this new thing. And so that was fascinating. I could feel myself doing a video essay about, you know, these three games and how they're all about communicating and pulling back into the devs history with like, you know, either a falling out or moving away from their previous company. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I have a video essay in me, but that's as far as I'll get into it. We're still... <laughs> We're stealing that topic. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. Just stop it. <laughs> stop he already it. got written down on the vision board. <laughs> Overthinking games, the bane of my existence. Yeah. Ah! Is, is Cocoon pretty? I remember the trailers look very pretty. Does it, it stay like visually looking good the whole time? It looks great across all the worlds you go into. And the other thing is like you, you're in there like a snap of a finger. Like you, you hit a button and you go into the world and it's you're like there. There's no like pause and you're there. It's like there so it's kind of it's kind of fucked with me and I'll, I'll say it again i said it previously but it's the most accessible game because it's movement and interacting like you're moving and the only button you need to worry about pressing is a when you get something near something the other thing it does really well is if there's a puzzle you're trying to do it'll lock you in an area so you don't overthink it overthinking games that i did there and uh it'll, <laughs> it'll it'll lock you in an area and be like no everything you need is in this area like don't fucking overthink it, dude. Stay over here and figure this out. So I really gotcha. liked that because I'm the kind of guy, like, if I got stuck, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, this kind of reminds me of something like 20 minutes ago. So maybe I should go over there and, like, see if there's something over there that I need and then come back here. No, it's like, you fucking idiot. Stay here. Figure it out. I love that. Other game I've been playing is Slay the Princess. This is a sit down and read words game. 
This is fully voice acted, which is, so the crazy thing about this, there's only two voice actors, but there's like 20 plus characters. So it's two actors splitting like that 20. That sounds so fun. Is it fun? <laughs> it is so fun. And all the characters are very different. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, wait, this is the same person doing this voice. Holy shit. Like these two voice. And I later I found out both of these uh, actors do podcasts. So they are very much used to talking, very much used to using their voices in many different ways. This is, it's as the title says, you are tasked with slaying a princess. She's locked in a cabin. The voice is like, the, I, I haven't seen a lot of, oh, what's the, uh, oh, the, uh, the Holy Grail guys. What are they called? I haven't seen a lot of Monty Python. I haven't seen a lot of it, but it, I kind of get a vibe that it, like it's drawing from like Monty Python kind of humor. Just from the few movies that I have seen. Uh, the, like you, you, you come out and like the voice is like, hey, you're, you're, on a, you're in the woods. You're on an adventure to slay the princess. For if you don't, it'll end the world. And you can kind of, you can argue with the narrator. Uh, the choices you make give you other voices that'll start talking that are like kind of like your voice. So like you'll have the voice of the hero, but then you'll also have the voice of the coward, which is like two different sides of your character. Uh, the princess cool. will... The princess will change based on decisions. So if like you grab a knife and then drop it, but then like she ends up cutting her own hand off and then you come back later, she ends up being like a, like a, like a demon princess or she'll be like a goddess princess. And again, like these are all voiced by the same character. And uh, again, I don't want to spoil it. Cause I think this game is better. Like the more unspoiled it is, but the voice acting is some of the best outside of Baldur's Gate. This is some of the best voice acting. I haven't played Spider-Man two, but I imagine that's pretty good as well. But this is this. They don't have, they don't have the budget of Baldur's Gate three or Spider-Man two. So like the fact that it's this good and it's only two actors doing all these different voices is amazing. What's it called again? I'm going to wish list it. Slay the princess. It's from, I think the devs are called black tabby games. Cool. True. Cool. A true indie. Cause they publish it themselves too. Next game I've been playing is Unloop. This is, mm, excuse me, this is a puzzle game where you guys know like those mobile game ads where the guy is like above a fire pit and like gold and you have to like pull the little rods in the right orders to where he'll fall into the gold. Yes. It's like yeah. that, but without the guy. It's just, hey, all these, all these metal contraptions are like ensnared within each other and you got to pull them in the right order to where they're not hitting. And there's like 150 levels. I'm about two thirds of the way through it. Uh, there's it just it keeps introducing stuff, which is fine, and it's it's really brain tickler. But it does become overwhelming when you get a big puzzle and you're like, okay, uh, there's like a hundred pins I gotta pull here. There's a little knob I have to turn to where like these two knobs control at the same time. It's just it's a thinking man's game. It's a perfect toilet game, a game to play on the toilet on Steam Deck. Not that I've done that, Josh. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that's wild. <laughs> so that's fun. That's a quick little, that's a, that's an indie developer. Actually, that's a solo person making that. And then I think my last game here, I think I've played the most perfect video game I will ever play in my life. And I did not expect it. So I was, I, again, I said, I've been traveling. I recently, I recently got repped for some of my writing. So I decided to go out to the Austin film festival to do some networking out there and between all the talking and all the like the all the stuff I was doing, I needed a little breaks here and there in my hotel room. So I would go back 
And instead of taking a nap, I would pull out Josh's Steam Deck and just completely shit on it. No, I'd pull out Josh's Steam Deck and I would play Tetris Effects or Tetris Effect. And this is a beautiful fucking game. So I don't know if you guys know this game. It's called Tetris. It came out in 1985. <laughs> and you're putting the shape and you're trying to line up, like do perfect layers of it and make the box disappear. Oh, so it's like that one movie they did. Yeah, just like that movie. Yeah. Just like that movie from Apple that came out this year, not last year. No, but so this one, this one adds music to it. And let me just say, this is, I, I talk about gaming soundtracks a lot on this show. This might be the gaming soundtrack to end all gaming soundtracks. So like the music will start out and it's just, boo, boo, boo. and like, it'll, it'll do like little beats as like you're spinning the pieces or you're moving them. And then as you're, as you're like making more lines disappear, it'll go on to the next like part of the song. And it's just so beautiful. And I was, I almost cried playing Tetris, man. Like I'm only like seven or eight <laughs> levels in, but then like as a writer, I was like, I was getting really deep with it. Like just stupidly deep. I was sitting there playing it and I was like, oh man, when you like don't finish the line and you're trying to get back to it, like that's like messing up the first act of a script and like trying to fix <laughs> other spots before you fix there. But you're just, you keep oh fucking God. up. I was getting so deep with it. And I was like, I bet you I could write an article about how Tetris is like writing. And I still think I can, but like <laughs> once, once I like, once I set it down, I was like, man, you're fucking stupid, aren't you? <laughs> but it's a beautiful game. You can play it in VR, which I was like half tempted to be like, man, I should go to Josh's and play some Tetris effect. It's just, and you got stuff going on in the background. So there's one where it's like jellyfish swimming in the background and it gets more crazy the deeper into it you go. Like you'll get halfway through a course and then it'll be like, oh, hey, okay, we're one speed. Now we're five speed. And it's just a great like lesson in like taking something so simple as Tetris and then just playing with like these little elements like, oh, hey, like, yeah, if you move, if you move the shape, it changes the sound or, oh, hey, like, what if we, you know, mess with the player and change the speed in the middle of the level? And it works so well. And funny to find, funny to find out, like, there are multiple developers that worked on this. And actually, the guys who did Humanity were actually a part of this as well. And then I think also guys who did Res at one point were on this. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's a fun game. It was a it was a really good little like you know how like so I went to Germany a few years back and I was listening to Prince the whole time I was there so now I associate Prince with Germany I will forever associate Tetris Effect with Austin Texas and it's like the dumbest th it's like these things aren't related at all but here we are it's a lot of that's fun. awesome yeah no I mean I love Tetris I think everyone does but I've never I've never played Tetris Effect. Oh, it's That's such, cool. such a beautiful game. And it's just, it's fucking Tetris. And it, I'm crying over like these blocks <laughs> and like this beautiful music. And really, there's no reason for any of it. It's just Tetris being Tetris. I, I just imagine it's the scene uh, from Family Guy where Peter's talk, uh, recording the bag. And he's like, oh, it's like dancing beautifully in the wind. And God's like, it's just a bag. It's a bag. It's a bag. Do you know how complicated your nervous system is? <laughs> yes. <that's> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but that's that's what I've been playing. And, you know, the film festival was great. Met a lot of great folks down there. I'm still working on reviews. Uh, still working on, you know, my writing as well. So uh, we got game of the year coming up, Josh. So we've got to – got to stop playing Tetris Effect because it's yeah, I'm a bad gamer. Get your head if in I... the game because this year's game of the year is honestly a toss-up. Dude, it's going to be a hot mess. I still haven't played Zelda. I've, I've played like an hour of Zelda and just haven't touched it again. You got to do your homework. It's so fucking boring. Sorry, it's boring. 
Okay. Okay. Hold on. Before, before I do get us canceled, I, I'm going to compare Conco- cocoon to the new legend of Zelda. Again, cocoon, very simple. You hit a button, you interact, you move. Legend of Zelda is like, okay, you need to hold LB to spin this, hold RB to like combine these abilities, and you have to hold A and you have to spin it. And it's just overly complicated. It's like, I don't need, I don't need this Nintendo. Nick, Nick, it sounds like you can't take anything on except for simple task. Press A, move left thumbstick, up, down, left, right. But what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with just, hey, I did, I'm a one button, I'm a one button Billy over here. Nick Nick did just have a spiritual experience with Tetris. So yeah, that is, maybe that's that his fair. speed. <laughs> maybe well, that's is, his speed. He is a little slow there. <laughs> maybe I'm just getting old. Maybe I'm just getting, maybe you just gotta take me back behind the shed and just, just... Like, no, I do I can play other games besides Tetris. No. I do envy I do envy <laughs> I do envy your Tetris experience because I have heard of like people being like they see the pieces falling in their sleep. <gasps> and that becomes is that and that becomes like, I don't know, but that becomes like a very spir- spiritual experience for those people that play so much Tetris that they see the, the pieces like fall in their sleep. So, you know, that would be so that's... dope. And, you know, I, not to get back on it, not to get back into it, but like I, I put I took my writing metaphor and it spanned it even further. Like, you know, when you're damaged as a child, you're trying to fix things as an adult, but you never really go back and like look at like stuff from your childhood. It, it, boosh. That's why Tetris is the perfect game. Sorry. That, that, but unironic. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just, my brain just broke when you're like, they see this, the pieces fall in their sleep. I'm like, I want that. I want that for me. I want yeah. that for me. A hundred percent. Josh, before I completely just... spaz out on this podcast, could you please take us into the news? Read all about it. Latest football scores. Morning paper, morning star. Paper, mister? It's time for old news. Yes, drugs are bad, kids. Uh, Start off. <laughs> Just say <laughs> no. <laughs> Lies of Peace equal confirmed and DLC teased. That's Woo-hoo. right. Uh, so, um, the game director actually, in an interview and in a letter, basically confirmed that there's going to be a sequel to uh, Lies of P and then they also sent off uh, some images and I think there was like a little mini teaser trailer they sent off as well. Yeah, so this is a Game Informer article from Wesley LeBlanc who I was actually tweeting with earlier. Uh, fun fun coincidence there. This is the fastest I think of trailers ever been announced so this must have done really really well for them out the gate. Oh yeah, I think they weren't even expecting how much uh, so I think it's sold like a million uh, copies in less than two months. Was this an Xbox exclusive, like Xbox PC exclusive, or was this on I, PS5 as well? No, I think it was an Xbox PC exclusive. Okay. It's been, you know, it's kind of been like a sneaky good year for Xbox. I think this is the year they finally come out. Because let's face it, since the Series X and the PS5 have come out, Sony's pretty much, I wouldn't say they they were winning, but they had the more exclusive content. Well, and I, I think this year, like, and again, like, Microsoft has all these acquisitions in the last, like, five years that really haven't paid off. Or they have these other these other devs that have, like, done this really small stuff. So, like, last year, that was Pentiment. 
this year that was um, Hi-Fi Rush, which is probably still my game of the year at this point. Uh, you got this game right here. Uh, they finally had a new Forza after, what, seven years? Seven years is the last Forza, if I'm remembering correctly. Seven or six. Um, I think a little less than that, but... They, hey, they had Redfall. They had Starfield. <laughs> so, I, I think this is just Xbox finally catching up and saying, oh yeah, we, we've got exclusives over here that you can only play per, you know, mm. PC Okay, Liza P is PlayStation 5, Josh. We were wrong. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was Googling I it to correct you. I was like, I'm pretty sure I could buy that game if I want to. I couldn't remember. I was like, I think it was, because I remember seeing commercials for it, but it was only playing for, like, Xbox and PC. I don't remember if it was Sony one. You know what it is? It's the Game Pass thing, because this is on Game Pass, so I think... Oh, yeah, that's probably why I saw more of it then. That, that makes sense. sense. It's kind of like the Call of Duty map effects, so... Call of Duty was out on everything, but you kind of wanted to be on the console that had the map exclusives early on. So like Xbox 360 <laughs> was the one for a while, and then it was PS4, and then I think PS5 as well. I know. Man, not much. I mean, hey. Not much they, longer. <laughs> Xbox has got them by the balls now. Literally and figuratively. So i very excited for my Dark Soul fans. I love uh, steampunk twinks as much as the next guy. <laughs> I... I really want them to like rip off another franchise and in the context of another uh, like copyright free like thing happen again. So like they did like Dark Souls Pinocchio. So now I want them to do like, I don't know, Frankenstein Resident Evil. It just really feels like a Resi game, but set in the Frankenstein universe or something. No, like I'd be down for that. That actually sounds really cool. I was gonna say, do, <laughs> I was gonna say, do like a do a Pooh Bear like Animal Crossing, but I think Cult of the Lamb already did that. So it's yeah, it's another game I actually played recently. Pretty good. Uh, no, I, I said it before the show, but I'll say it again. Do the do the Great Gatsby. Have it set in have it set in West Egg. Have it set on Long Island and just have it be you running through bootleggers and like other like uh never do wells from the nineteen twenties. I like I like to think that like maybe the director just has like a real genuine love for Pinocchio that I've never heard anyone have. Like the rationale for making it a Pinocchio game like escapes me. Um you having played it, is it like central to the identity of the game that it's specifically Pinocchio? Like, so do I, you feel like this is a cohesive vision? So I haven't gotten far enough into it, but like the game opens and you're like, it very much leans into the puppet. You've got like, not, you don't have like a little like Tinkerbell floating around you, but you, your guides kind of got like some fairy tale vibes to her. Okay. And then you're, you, uh, everyone else that I fought in the area that I was in was like a little tin man. There was like a wolf that kind of gave me like big bad wolf vibes. So it's leaning, it's leaning heavily on the grim fairy tales. And then you know you have little twink Pinocchio over here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, ironically, before while we finish this up, the second image that they have um, looks like you're on a pirate ship. And they're like, they're kind of like speculating that it's probably going to Neverland Ranch or Neverland Ranch. Jesus, Neverland. <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. That's why that's where I got Tinkerbell from earlier. Yeah, I, and you know what? I'm all for it. Like, if Kingdom Hearts can get away with it, why not Lies of P? Well, the difference between this and Lion P is Lion P will actually make it probably better because it's face it. Like, as much as I love Kingdom Hearts, got a little too childy at moments, and I get that it was supposed to be that way because it's a Disney game. But at the same time, like. I like my dark, 
Sora and my Dark Riku. Like, give me those. We got. We gotta stop talking Kingdom Hearts, or I'm gonna pull up that soundtrack. What's next, Josh? All right, uh, Bungie layoff. Um, except they're blaming the players. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> yeah. What a dick move. <laughs> hey, hey, we're not firing you. It's Ladies Man sixty nine four twenty that pulled the trigger. <laughs> blame him so jesus christ so essentially for those who don't know the latest dlc came out uh to not so good reviews and they lost a huge amount of the fan base and they actually didn't make their projections um and so bungie's like okay we're gonna have to lay people off and rather than just taking and rolling with it and saying you know we're gonna do better uh they went ahead and pulled out their knife stabbed themselves and said oh you stabbed me the players <laughs> no it's the it's the, it's the eric it's the bike meme it's the eric andre meme where they turn around and shoot their employees and they're like oh yeah. why would the player base do this to us <laughs> i was even thinking the bike meme where the kids on the bike and he sees a stick he grabs it sticks it in oh why would you do that fucking player base <laughs> so it looks like a hundred roughly a hundred staff cut from bungie you hate you hate to see that really shitty that they're blaming the players instead of just owning up to it because, I mean, Bungie, what was it? it was about a year ago, they got swapped up by Sony amidst all the, you know, people acquiring everybody. And, uh, you know, since then, they've been working on their, they've been working on their Destiny 2 expansion stuff. But other than that, they've been consulting, like, other studios at Sony, like, about their yeah. online stuff. So, like, Naughty, they famously told Naughty Dog, like, hey, this Last of Us shit ain't cutting it, guys. Yeah, I don't know if there's other. So there are some rumors going around too that uh, they went ahead and built like a new studio, like a new building. Mm-hmm. It's like really you 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 well, you'll build a new building, but you're going to go ahead and fire a hundred people on top of that. That seems kind of well. This is this is just ac- acquisitions. This is the normal course of acquisitions. You get bought up. You make you may cut some folks right then and there, but then you know down the line you come through and like they're like okay it's we've been here for okay we got to cut down this and we've got to oh no no one's playing Destiny blame the fucking players Pow- power to the players <laughs> oh but it gets even <laughs> shittier so for those hundred people who, who lost their jobs not only did they lost their jobs. But uh, their benefits ran out November first today, as of this recording. Oh, that's really quick. This and this this was announced. When was this news? Yesterday. Yeah, that's that's fucked. Hey, happy <laughs> Halloween. Get out of yeah. here. <laughs> You're out of a job and your insurance runs out the first. What's that? What's that insurance everyone goes through? Like if you've been laid off or if you're no longer is that Cerberus? Like, hey, you have to go get Cerberus insurance. I forget what it's called, but I it's a pain in the ass. It's something I had to mess with when I was unemployed in your basement, Josh. That's depressing. Uh, the, I think everybody loses here. First of all, the people who lose their jobs, number one. The people that are yes. still playing uh, Destiny because they're playing fucking Destiny games. Uh, everybody. Um, I almost want to scroll down to these comments, but I, don't, I, I know better. I know better. Uh, I, I'm going to click on it just to... Um, so basically just listen, complaining about uh, not... Uh, listening to any feedback keeping the same systems not making changes um, josh do you remember the last episode geez. we did that we, that we didn't get audio we were we were on uh the subreddit kotaku in action <laughs> and, oh. we were, and we oh it got dark and we were making fun of them so bad for like being upset about the stupidest stuff 
It's a good thing yeah, that I episode mean, didn't go through because I feel like I feel like we've yeah. gotten so much trouble. Well, <laughs> the good news is a lot of these people are just basically just reiterating the story and going, "Yeah, they were, you know, really like you're expecting that. You're expecting those kind of numbers. Like, come on, it's oh, it's Destiny. You have your loyal fan base." Oh yeah, this this yeah. article is from Ethan Gatch over Kotaku, which Kotaku does some good reporting when they're not telling you where to download Metroid uh, Dread, where where to pirate Metroid Dread. <laughs> That that's great reporting. First of all, <laughs> I um so no, this sucks, and it sucks that like being bought up is not like a sense of security. Like mm-hmm. I think, like I think when you know, like that's I don't know. I don't know why companies buy each other up. I I thought it was so like oh you have access to those resources to help you weather storms, um and like you know you have kind of a more room for error because everyone shares the risk, you know, that's under Sony's, you know, banner or whatever, but apparently not like this sucks. It's only good for the C it's only good for the C suites. It's like, Hey, what have you bought today? Hey, they're, and I honestly, Sony buying Bungie was, was totally a response to Microsoft going out and like, Hey, we're buying Activision, you fuckers. Well, and it doesn't give me faith that like, Bungie's gonna make a good thing after Destiny because, like, the like there, there's a lot of people who have been there for a long time that like you would think would be in like important to the development process of like Sony's flagship shooter that might come after this. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I just don't have as much faith in that project because it seems like the company that's making it just cannot handle itself very well. So, as someone who plays a lot on my PS5, like, I'm not. You know, my enthusiasm for any kind of Bungie exclusive coming out from Sony is really waned from this. The the what they've shown of Marathon looks really cool. I get less excited about it when I think of when I. It's an extraction shooter, right, Josh? It's like it's like it's basically yeah. Tarkov, but it's Marathon. Yeah. And if anything, it just makes me want to play old Marathon. I think I think we've kind of gotten away from games as a service. There, like there are your few top dogs. There's the Fortnites of the world. There's the Genshin Impacts of the world. There's, I guess you can put Apex in that as well. And then you look at you look at other games that have kind of like had a good standing and have fallen off. Like Diablo Four, like is kind of I want to say like the end of the Diablos, though I'm sure it's doing well for them. Uh, and then what was oh hell, what was the other one, Josh? I had it and it's gone. The Overwatch, like Overwatch, you know, 2016 Overwatch couldn't be touched, and then Overwatch Two came in and muddied the water, and now everything's a mess. Uh, Counter Strike Two, yeah. people loved it at first. They hate it now. Josh, did they go back? Like, are people teetering back in the other direction again? Uh, it's kind of like in the middle. Okay, so you know maybe that'll stick around. But they have like Steam has Steam has. Well, sorry for the pun, but a lot of Steam behind them, so they have the room <laughs> to be able to build that back up and make it a thing. Whereas Bungie, I feel like Bungie is like, okay, like, what do we get? What's the next thing? Like. I don't know. I just think well, Destiny as a platform has always confused me because I've I like who's this for? Who who wants who wants a who wants a looter a loot like looter shooters have always been weird to me. Well, I mean, so Destiny. Okay, so Bungie it was in a weird. It has been in a weird spot for the longest time. I mean, when Destiny One came out, they're obviously working with Activision, and everybody was blaming Activision. Let's face it, we saw all everybody saw all like the reports. You know, all the information was there. It's like, yeah, it's Activision. It 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 reeks Activision. Now that Activision's been on for so long, it's like, well, 
found you. What the fuck were you doing? Maybe we have you. full rain. <laughs> the, the calls coming from inside the house. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> but it, it's there. Like I was one of those people who defended Bungie, which is like, okay, it's all Activision. They're they're money grubbing assholes. They'll copy and paste the game to death. Sure. And now that I, you know, obviously Activision's been gone for a long time. Destiny Two came out. Just like, did it get better? Yes. Did it get better and stay better? No. It obviously got worse. I knew. In I knew something. Opinion. One, one last thing and we can move on. I knew something was up with Destiny when there was like, hey, you kids like lore drops? You want to download a separate app to get those lore drops? Mm. <laughs> Marathon does look cool, though. It I will say that. Marathon. It does. It's got Marathon good, does look cool. It's got good vibes. And I'm, you know, I'm always here for hard sci-fi. So I'll, I'll give it a chance. But we'll, Bungie, you ain't, you ain't my granddad's Bungie, which I guess would make me my own granddad. But Josh, what's next? Uh, so this next one. Uh, Nick brought it up earlier, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll bring them both up. So Nintendo and Microsoft are being really weird. Uh, Nintendo lays down the law with controllers for uh, Super Smash Brothers tournaments, and then Xbox basically going to ban unauthorized third-party controllers. So this is another. So this Nintendo article here is another Ethan Gatch original. Thank you, Ethan, uh, over on Kotaku. Uh, yeah, this has been weird. I actually saw a meme for this earlier. I'm surprised you didn't get one for this, Josh. But it was a no. This was a is either an Onion article or this was a hard drive article. And it was like Nation's little brothers upset that Microsoft no longer supports their unplugged controller. <laughs> it was a pretty Funny. good article. <laughs> that's <Good>. that's clever. <laughs> very timely. Very timely. But you know, I'm less surprised about this with Nintendo because they, you know, Nintendo's been very like, oh, you're doing a Smash tournament. No, you're not. Uh, I mean, it's very on brand with Nintendo, but it's like, at what point does Nintendo get off its high horse? I don't know, man. They had a really uh, with the movie, the Zelda game, and then people loving the shit out of Mario. Nintendo's kind of a superpower right now. <laughs> I know, but it's like, at what point though do you like finally give in to the fan base a little bit? Like, no, okay, first off, no one really. You don't have to. You don't have to give in to the fan. You have you hold the power. You Josh, he who holds the IP holds the power. Okay, let me rephrase that then. At what point do you for the small number that cares for the Super Smash Brothers? I mean, let's be honest. Nick, are you ever going to go to a smashing uh, smash? We're uh, smashing game time. Nice. <laughs> I was about to say smash game. Are you going to go to a, a Smash Brothers tournament anytime soon? No, but I think Dempsey, are you? No. So why does it matter what controller they use? <laughs> Well, so yeah, you have a point there also because Nintendo is like famous for like shutting these motherfuckers down. Like, no, you're not hosting a tournament. Sorry. And that, I've always like understood from that sense because, you know, the Smash scene kind of has a bad rep with like some groomers within that community. So I get like not wanting to be associated with that community and like pushing it Jeez. as far as fuck away as you can. But outside of them, I look at like fighting game scenes and I'm like, no, these are some of the most level-headed gamers I've seen in something, which is crazy to say. But the fighting the fighting game kids seem to be like, th those kids are all right. They're all right. Unless you're some Smash. Some of them need to shower and know what deodorant is, but that's another story. You know, as someone who was in the Yu-Gi-Oh scene when I was 18, they we needed to shower collectively, yes. Fighting game? Not so much. I w remember I went to one a few months ago and like I did not have to hold my nose. <laughs> but well you yeah that's fair it was a small um, one it wasn't like i was going to combo breaker like jake does but 
That's true. My nose was um, unplugged, and I it smelled great in there. And it was a comic book store, so you know it was already it already had the odds stacked against it. True. More so, so uh, more surprising is Microsoft, who's been more open about stuff. Like, um, I mean, they have that accessibility pad that they put out years ago that like they were like celebrated for, and like that was something that they did. But you know, you see all these other controllers like folks have for their consoles, and you're like, yeah, that's fine. That's never been an issue. And so it's just weird to see it being an issue now. Now, they've admitted that they are going to start expanding it uh, and helping all these like uh, companies become more compliant with what they need. But it's for even what? like it wasn't their um, I can't think of the name of the controller, but it's the basically it's the huge one that has like the disc. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Um, the, the the accessibility pad. Is that what yes, yes, about. yes. Thank Yeah, Yeah. That's the part that surprised me the most because they that was in conjunction with Microsoft. I think they're they're still supporting that one. I didn't see anything that said that one was. I thought supported. they said they weren't supporting that one or there wasn't support because someone was. That using would be a American. wild. I, that would be that, very wild. I think there'd be, be that wrong. would be a wild be choice. I think that'd be a bit. There'd be a bigger stink about this if that was something <laughs> that wasn't going to be supported anymore. But what you you saying that like they're wanting to work with these you know these creators like hey we want to make your controller work that I hear that and I'm like okay Microsoft wants to squeeze a few bucks like hey we'll, we'll give you a, we'll give you a license that lets your Mad Cat control Mad Cats controllers I mean, work on our consoles. they already technically have to pay a license to get the. Uh, the likeness of the controller anyway. So it's like, you're trying to squeeze even more money out of these companies. Like, are you hurting that bad? It's dumb. And I hate paying $70 for a controller, but that's why I steal all mine for me. <laughs> you know, I did you find one for me. I did find one of yours laying around here the other day. And I was like, I Which should get one? that. I'll pull it out right now. This guy. Just keep it. <laughs> Statue of Limitation. Literally, I've already replaced it with the PS4 with the additional buttons and then my custom PS5. It's hilarious that both of those are just like an arm's length away. (laughs) Well, I'm always playing. I use the PS4 controller for the PC and then the modded PS5 controller, which doesn't work on Spider-Man 2. Oh, who knew? Well, it does, but I can't use the haptic stuff. Uh, What's this last one here, Josh? Yeah, so the last one is uh, basically Modern Warfare 3. Uh, we started to get some rumors about the storage, and I think they actually confirmed it 100%. It's going to be a big boy. So this is an article from Noah Nelson over at PC Invasion. First time we've ever had an article from them. Thank you, PC Invasion. Uh, Holy shit. That is big. 213 gigabytes. Jeez Louise. And in retrospect cheese. for those, they actually put it in here. Um, Apex Legends is about 56 gigs. Rainbow Six is eighty-five. Destiny Two is one hundred and eight. Well, see, I don't think I don't think that's really fair comparing it to those because I see all three of those, and those are more, you know, online. So I agree. Like, I PvP. agree with Apex and Rainbow Six. However, Destiny Two, you gotta think there's a ton of things there. It's a huge game. You're right. It's a huge game. What is so and big about these? Like GTA. What is so big about these Call of Duty games? So my guess is, so what they did with the last one is they threw in Warzone with it. Mm-hmm. So my guess is you're getting the the campaign, all the additional content, you're getting uh, the multiplayer, and then you're getting Warzone. Would be my guess. It's just so much. Like, I mean, it even says right there. You saw that tweet. The campaign is 51 gigs. So that's not that's not bad for a campaign though. I see that and I'm like, that's fine. 
Yeah, for like a for like a single player experience, I think fifty one gigs is acceptable. Because I just deleted Starfield off my PC, and I'm pretty sure that was a few hundred, a few hundred if I remember correctly. I was like, damn, this. this but guys, got it, let's let's be honest right now. Call of Duty isn't known for its graphics. Eh, it's not like a battle. It's not like a. It's not. A, is it a battlefield? No, but they still look good. Like I remember no, Modern saying, Warfare no, Two they're... looking pretty. I'm not saying that it's not pretty, but I'm saying compared to other games that are more known for their visual uh, effects and they're, you know, just look a lot better. I just don't understand. I don't under like, what is, why, why are we making these games so fucking big? <laughs> stop. Just stop. You don't have to do this. You don't have to make these this, this big. I wonder if it's a little bit strategic. Like imagine, okay. Imagine if you make a game so big that, Nobody can have another game on their console when they have your game, and your game is the only game that they can be playing. <laughs> you know, Dempsey, I, I usually don't buy conspiracy theories, but I buy that one. I buy that one. Like, hey, you want to play that new Call of Duty? You got to delete Battlefield twenty forty two before you can do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can. You know what? No, you're not. You know what? I think you're <laughs> onto something here. I think you're <laughs> onto something here. No, guys, we're gonna go back into the physical world. They're gonna get so big that they do cover up that the storage, but they're gonna make it an ejectable storage. We're going back to cartridges. We're yeah, like an SSD drive. Yes. You know, like pop in <laughs> like pop an N64. It, yep. Oh, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> they, you have that to get an expansion wild. for your PlayStation to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I. Mm. You're working for that one. I really do think Dempsey's got it right here. (laughs) I think he's right. All I care, all all I care about is I want. um, I wish if you know you're only going to play one part of it, you because I think you. So how Call of Duty works from the last time I downloaded Call of Duty is you don't download it all at one time, right? You download like the initial like couple dozen and then you pick like if you want to download the multiplayer the zombies yeah, like the aspect all like the the visual stuff and then it goes okay do you want to do multiplayer do you want to do the campaign do you want to do the yeah and then you download ones. that stuff like kind of separate like on its own right yeah. is that yeah how it so works? you can yeah. Down, yeah all those game modes come separately but it's also it's kind of a carryover uh so when xbox one and ps4 were coming out you like even if you had the game on disc, you had to install it. And what you could do at that time was, let's say you were installing like NBA 2K. It's like, okay, we're 20% of the way here. You can play the game. Like here's a minimum version of the game. Oh, you like the Lakers and the, and the Mavericks. Here you go. You can play uh, this game as this until the game is downloaded. And I think this is something that's carried over to where, oh, hey, you only want the multiplayer. Okay. You only have to download the multiplayer. You don't have to download the campaign. Uh, I don't know if it goes yeah. the other way. I don't know if it goes to where if you only want the campaign. Yeah, I'll let you pick. Okay, because I thought I okay because I thought for some reason what? I thought the campaign was the only one that could be deleted. If you deleted the multiplayer, you deleted it all, which was kind of like a thing that tied into Warzone. But I could be completely wrong. Well, so when the remake for Modern Warfare came out, it was right before Warzone. It was you could do it separately. I think when Warzone came out, they kept multiplayer and Warzone together. Okay. Yeah, so you know, if you can, you know, download what you want to play. I don't know, you know. I mean, they're thinking about how to mi- mitigate that. It seems like at least you don't have to download all two hundred and yeah. But let's be honest, if you, if you don't, if you're not downloading, if you're not playing the campaign, you're only playing for multiplayer. You've wasted already half the game cost right there. That's true. 
I mean, I'm this game is just getting us ready for the big data sor- shortage of 2030. Like people are going to be clamoring to get their hands on um, external drives, and we're not going to be able to find them. And you know, the people with the power are going to be all the people with the external drives. And I've got my two over here. So good luck, gentlemen. Here to your first, folks. Go buy your SSDs and some toilet paper. It's going to be a long one. Well, and you know, I, I look at, and not not to draw draw this out any further, but I look at like games this big and look at people with like data caps with their ISP. And it's like, how, you, you got to go to the fucking library to download Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 so you don't, hit, so you don't get throttled. <laughs> you don't get That's throttled a- by a fucking Charter who is like looking, like Charter is sitting there, like just looking at your little meter like, oh fuck, you go over this line, I'm fucking slowing you down. You won't be able to get a fucking emoji, motherfucker. They're sitting there <laughs> waiting because I know it because they've done it to me. Those fucks. Come to AT&T, they don't throttle you at all. Josh, I am one exit away from fiber. Stop fucking with me. <laughs> yeah, I had to wait three years for it. I get it. Stop. Just stop. Josh, thanks for pulling the news. Uh, it's my understanding you have a meme for us. Me time. Uh, I do. I actually, actually specially made it for, for the, the show today. because oh, so cute. Let me pull it up. All right, what do we got here? Yeah, so uh, it's the office. It's when uh, is it Michael's asking or is it when Oscar's uh, who's who? I forget who's actually asking the original episode. It's Pam. Oh, it's Pam asking Michael. Josh, we might have to bring Jake back to do these memes if we keep this Dude, up. It's been a hot minute. All right, <laughs> so it's it's two pictures. It's the original uh, Spider-Man po- pointing at each other. The clones or clones the doppelgangers and then it's the new uh marvel spider-man 2 uh there when you finish a fight with miles or with peter and they're fighting together you can actually do the point fingers at each other and it's just pam going a corporate needs to find the difference needs you to find the difference between these pictures and pam going to the same picture it's a good meme josh it just took us a long time to get there Dude, they I say, want to be a little technical difficulties, all right? It's been it's been a tough they week. Say, go ahead, go ahead, Dempsey. I was gonna say they say brevity is the soul of comedy, and oh, <laughs> that, you know it's, it's, it's been a tough week for NBC comedies. Josh fucked up the meme, and then we had Matthew Perry passing. Like, fuck, Josh. Fuck. Yeah, good job sneaking the SEO in there. It's a good it's a good <laughs> meme. I like it. It's a good meme. Oh boy, hey. Look at that. We made it to our main event. It only took us so much time. Uh, so, you know, Spider-Man is out. Where did where did our Spider-Man lights go, Josh? It's, oh, here they are. above the main. I found him. I found him. I found him. Uh, so, hey, we're just going to talk our top three Spider-Man games, top three Spider-Man movies, and any other Spider-Man that pops up along the way. Let's just jump right into it. First thing I got here is the PS1 Spider-Man from 2000. So this is actually my it. first Spider-Man Press the jump game. button Josh and then press well. and hold the R2 yes. button while Dempsey, in the air. Hold. Dempsey, you had, stop that. Uh, you stop that right now. Nick, Maximum <laughs> Carnage on the Sega. I never played that one. I did not. We all played it. I guarantee we, we all played it because we had it. I didn't touch it. I was probably Can grounded. you guys tell the weather with your knees? Yes, actually, is that, I do. Is that where you guys are? I've got the ACL tear to do that. So, no, this 2000 Spider-Man, this came out on the PlayStation 1. I think it was also on the N64. 
This one was real, like color. This, this wasn't open world. This it wasn't open world, but the levels were very like you would swing across buildings. I think the thing that stands out the most about this one, and I forget who developed it, but like the boss fights and just the world feels very comic booky. Like just, it looks cool as fuck. Like graphically, it looks so fun and colorful and fantastic. I think this was never soft, by the way. This was this was never soft. Oh my god, this gosh. was never soft. These, the, the Tony Hawk's never soft. Yes. I mean, but it looks very, it looks good for a 23 year old game. Yeah, the camera was janky, but I, I mean, name me a game from 2000 where the camera wasn't a little janky. Uh, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot. Those all, those both had janky ass cameras, Josh. So I remember (laughs) there's a really good boss fight with Shocker, with Shocker in this one, where you are in like a warehouse and he's like aiming his cannons at you and you're like swinging around the warehouse to get away from him. The, the final boss is also very memorable in this one because it's Doc Ock being uh, taken over by Carnage, like chasing you through the hall. Again, and you have to run and the so camera good. is a pain in the ass, but it's just very, as a, as a young adolescent, it was a very scary moment because he's very scary looking. Is this the whole game? Can I flash forward to it? Yeah, it's the whole game. Let me Are, get... ha, I remember a game like this. This is unlocking like dormant neurons in my brain. Um, except the only thing, words. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that I remember very clearly is Spider-Man fighting the scorpion is, does he fight the scorpion in this game? He I think does. he fights him in, t- is it this one or is it two that he fights? Him he in? does it in this one. Cause okay. it's a rooftop fight. I'm going to find it because I remember. So here's Rhino. He fights Rhino in an engineering room or like an engine room. Dude, if you find him fighting the scorpion, you're going to give me a fucking seizure oh, and like go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just inceptioned you oh yeah i forgot about yeah. the lizard fight here's eddie brock doing eddie brock stuff oh man i just i'm clicking through and we're like seeing little bits and pieces of some bosses and i'm like oh yeah he was in this game oh yeah he was in this game because it opens with a bank robbery and i forget who is robbing the bank there it is it? there he is oh, okay. oh my god okay Holy shit, I did play this. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. We got him. Jesus Christ. We okay. Him. <laughs> <laughs> now he will infiltrate other gaming podcasts and do our bidding. <laughs> that's Oh yeah, no. We yeah, had totally 100% maturing candidate. Wow, that's cr- this is <laughs> such intense nostalgia. Uh, and I love that he's, a, yeah, he, he's attacking Jonah Jameson, which if if my Spider-Man lore is re- recalling correctly, didn't Jonah basically create Scorpion to kill Spider-Man? Yes. Like he funded the whole Scorpion like project. Yes. And now Scorpion fact, can't get out of it. So that's why he hates Jameson. Uh, and fun fact with this one, uh, Stan Lee is uh, voiced in here as well. Oh, Stan Lee made a, made a cameo in this. Oh, he, well, he's, he does, like, every time you get certain comments of the, the Excelsior oh, and he, stuff like that. Yeah, and he really the, does narrating. He's the, yeah, he's the narrator. Hey, webheads. It's like, yep. shut up, Stan. <laughs> and then you have all the unlockable costumes, all the different Spideys. And, you know, there was a, there was a direct sequel to this. And there was... Yeah. Um, Se- Enter Electro. Yeah, and there were secrets hidden in this one. You could find secret comic books and, like, click the covers. This is just a good-ass fucking video game. Amazing. And look, I, it's Daredevil. He's here. I <laughs> I love how the streets are like kind of like fogged out. Yes. Because like that keeps it like it keeps it like swingy and fun and like up in the canopy of the city. That's such a fun idea. I kind of wish they'd get away. 
I, I know this is a hot take, but I wish they'd get away from the open world Spider-Man games because I think everything. I think it's better when it's contained, like levels. See, I think that's what we'll get with Wolverine, is it'll be more contained. Well, and that's why I like because Miles Morales may be like an open world, and I'm air quoting really hard for those listening to the audio. But it's very small, contained open world game that you can finish in a few hours. Whereas the 2018 game, and I'm sure the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two, are like. Oh no! You're going to be playing 40 hours here in New York. Sorry. Yeah, but who doesn't like swinging around a Spider-Man in the city? Makes you feel like Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, but how long does that? I mean, how long does that hold up? Really? 40, 40 hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, assholes. Uh, next up is Spider-Man Two from 2003, I believe. Four. 2004. 2004. And this was done by Treyarch. This was Treyarch. This is Treyarch. Fucking blows my mind. So this is the first like open world Spider-Man, but the world's very empty, right, Josh? So it is, but what's Webhead, most memorable with this good. one is Anything this I is can the help game with? everybody talks about with having one of the Spidey, best look! That person is going to fall. Mm -hmm. Besides, oh. of course, the newest ones, you know, Marvels. Uh, everybody would come back and say Spider-Man Two had the best swing. I, I remember the like collecting the little boy's balloon and in this one and like the side missions that you would just come across were just like click this little boy's balloon that he let go of save the guy from the roof uh and this is this is the tie-in to the movie so you had a little bit of movie stuff here this, i mean again I, you know what i think the 2000 spider-man we were just looking at looks better than this it does but like i said this one is known for yeah, its plot it's not known for its gameplay the only thing it sticks out with is the web swinging that's where we got the natural web swing. That's as far as that goes, in my opinion. Yeah, the I don't know why PS2 games thought they. I, well, I know why because it was the PS2, but they're like they're just muddy, like just muddy, like a little gray, grayish, brownish to them. I don't know, man. Like I played a little bit of again, again, like people who are like, oh, but I can swing like Spider Man. It's great. Like this isn't even this isn't even the greatest like movie tie-in game that came out in 2004. Uh, I'd say this is the second best behind Chronicles of Riddick. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm not I'm not like a big like I need to swing around like Spider-Man. I need to do it. It's it's like like it's like playing a Batman game and saying like oh I need I need the experience of my parents being shot in the theater to like really get my Batman experience going. Like just let me that but unironic. But yes. I, yes. but unironic. <laughs> yes. Like let me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't need to swing around. Just let me fight Rhino. Let me fight like all these villains that I love. Let me control the different Spider-Men's because there's like a hundred thousand different Spider-Men that have been created in the last like 20 years. I just don't, I don't need to swing around New York. Like New York's fucking boring. Like I no, love New I, York. I love going to New York. I don't need to swing around it. I still think to this day, the, the best Spider-Man game, in my opinion, and it's not on this list and I was upset, but I was trying to do it for the show. You had a chance to is vote for it. Web of Shadows. Well, then let's get into the last one, because Web of Shadows is never going to make it, Josh. Uh, Do you even remember Web of Shadows and what, the, what it entitled? Yeah, it was the dimensional one. No. What was it? <laughs> Shadow Dimensions is the dimensional one. So then what was Web of Shadows, Josh? Web of Shadows is where Peter gets the black suit back, and uh, Venom starts to spread, and every like you, you get like the symbiote Wolverine, symbiote uh, Sinister Six, like... It was so fantastic. Oh, another corruption story. I'm so excited. You know what? Just 
go to your Miles Morales, all right? All right, last one we got here is Miles Morales Tom from... Is, that, has it been three years already, way. Josh? Wait. Yep. Wait. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I, it, it's crazy to me Where because, you know, I have a, I have a three-year-old. And I was, oh, I, was, I, was, I got this game when it came out for Steam in the I got past this. year. And it was, it just kind of baffled me. I was like, this could be his Spider-Man as he's growing up. He definitely up. didn't recognize me. Not that like I'm one oh. of those guys that's like, calling through the oh, I'm an old this guy. I need to watch Star hey, Wars, Spider-Man, and like everything to right next door But it just, it baffled me that like, no, he'll grow up and Miles Morales will probably be his Spider-Man. The underground. Just based on the popularity of you know anything the, else about them? Uh, Spider-Verse movies in this game. Been around a while. Now they're becoming like a more centralized character uh, throughout the series. Thanks for the tip. And what I really like about this one is it's the 2018 game, but more contained. It's more disciplined in its storytelling. It's more disciplined in you know its fetch quest that you're doing on the side. And I, I also think it's a better story than the 2018 Spider-Man. Cool. I just I really enjoyed this. Nah, Not to say I didn't enjoy 2018, but again, I'm a brother. I'm a gamer on a time well, budget. I need I, I need to get changes. in, get out, and be like, thank you. I enjoyed my time, Trains and I realize I'm saying that as a man exactly who just spent hours and hours and hours playing well, Tetris on the road. When we fix them, you can tell your boss you showed initiative <laughs> by using the I, friendly I neighborhood Spider-Man like maybe the first 15 <laughs> hours of Spider-Man PS4, but I did finish this one. This is my preferred. Uh, PS4 Spider-Man experience as Miles Morales. First and foremost, most importantly, because it's a Christmas game. Yes. Um, yes. This, yes. I forgot this, about that. Yes. This game has such good wintry Christmas vibes. I play it every year around Christmas, just like watching the movie Elf. Um, and it's like, it's also like, like the people are, it's not just like set in there like Die Hard or something like that. Like, it's like people are having holiday festivals and there's like the election that's happening with your mom. But like, you know, there's Yuletide-ness in here. And I, I, I love that. I also do think that it being like a smaller, more contained story helped me a lot. Um, I like... So my family speaks Spanish. And so hearing Spanglish in this game, also, um, I'm Mexican. He's Puerto Rican, so it's not quite the same. But still, I really love that. Um, yeah, I, I love a lot of things about this one. Um, I feel like um, I, and this is like a broader thing with me. I am a real big fan of like the in-between games in series. Like that's that's how I'm with Far Cry as well. Like my favorite Far Cry are like the shorter, weird ones that they do in between the main series. Um, and for me, Miles felt like that, like a kind of a more like specific vision. It didn't have maybe as broad appeal as Spider-Man PS4, but for like what exactly they were going for, it just connected with me a lot more. Also, I think Miles, like for, for as far as like the soul of Spider-Man, is to be like this young kid who's like trying to like, like it's a metaphor for like responsibility as a, like a kid or whatever. And like, you, you feel like you're trying to hold on to some of your youth and stuff like that. I think because miles aesthetic is like miles listens to hip hop and his aesthetic is just a little bit more like current as to what pop culture looks like now. I think it kind of miles feels now like Peter Parker felt 
back when Peter Parker came out as far as like exploring youth mm. in a way that reflects youth culture, if, if that makes any sense. I agree with that because for a while, Peter Parker has just felt like a quippy RA that lives down the hall from you in your college dorm. <laughs> yeah. And it's felt like that for a while now. <laughs> even like, even Tom, Thomas, uh, what, what's his name? Tom Middle, Holland? not Middle Ditch, whatever the new Spider-Man Ho- is. Holland? Tom Holland, yeah. Even him. Like, yeah, he's got that younger vibe and he's in high school in those movies. But I was like, no, this, this guy's a fucking RA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I yeah, I I adore this game. I almost would be okay. Like I'm I probably will play the Spider-Man PS2, but I want them to do something else like this like in the middle of I guess Spider-Man 3 and now. I want them to do like a little smaller game. Well, I mean, I really they are talking do about doing uh possibly a Venom spin-off. Do a Spider-Gwen in between them. Do a Ghost Spider. Spider-Gwen video game. Do Now Nick, cowards. I know you were talking about soundtracks earlier. This soundtrack spoke to me. I have it on my Spotify playlist. <laughs> it's a good soundtrack. It's really good. It's just the, op- the opening alone, it, constantly on repeat. I listen to it for hours. I probably have a hundred hours just listening to that one song. It's so good. This game and to go ahead, oh no, go go. I was gonna no, say this, this I, I, game reminds me of the shitty GameSpot review where the guy opens with the line <laughs> that my. Were you gonna say the same thing? <laughs> Same exact joke, a hundred percent. The same exact joke. What is it? The, the swagger of a yeah, of a, of an, the uh, exaggerated swagger of a black teen. There it is. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the the best line in all of video games media. You, <laughs> you can't. You know that was. I, I believe that was the same year that one guy got in trouble for um for uh copywriting or I'm sorry plagiarizing a uh, Dead Cells review. And this guy that reviewed this game for GameSpot, I still think, got it worse. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a bad line. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go through the Steam reviews for this game without someone, like, quote, like, riffing off that. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, um, go, sorry. But, go. yeah, no, no I, I, yeah, I think, I also think that, like, with the Sp- the spider-man animated films a lot of people consider those like well i think they like a lot most people would consider those superior to like the mcu spider-man movies um (laughs) and so like having yeah having like miles like I, i i it's very fun to celebrate miles in like a video game form and then have the films as a companion piece to that character and the films are also very good and so i think that might also have like I honestly don't remember which one came out first, the first Spider-Verse movie or this game. And it's like it's like you said, the I think the first Spider-Verse came. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah, same same time. And I think like like they just complement each other really well. Like it's the same ideas for the character in ways that I really appreciate. Well, it's going back. It's going back to what you said that Miles is a more relatable character, especially the with, in 2023 as opposed to Peter Parker. Um, I, I just I think back to the trailer for that newest Spider Verse movie, Spider Verse movie, where his mom is talking to him about her wanting him to be, like, hey, like we accept you in this household and we love you. We're just worried about how the world's going to perceive you or how the world's going to treat you. And as a dad, like that fucked me up. I was like, oh my god. And I did not know that the voice the voice actor for his mom is uh, what's her name from Scrubs. Oh, what is her name? I can't think of the actor's name right now. Uh, while we're at it, you know, we're already talking the movies, so let's get into the movies. Um, 
while I try to pull that name out of my hat. Uh, so we've got Spider, we got three here, and I think these are all really good movies. We've got Spider-Man 2, The Amazing Spider-Man, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, me being the old man of the group, I'll, I'll, I'll champion Spider-Man 2 here. Uh, that movie, like, you could put that movie in a time capsule. Like, I'm, you don't really need a lot of Spider-Man 1 to understand what's going on in 2. Uh, this is still a time where Marvel movies could stand alone and you didn't need to like hop on Wikipedia and like read up to like stay caught up with everything. The only real sure. thing that carries over is that like Harry's like, Spider-Man killed my father. Oh, I'm going to get him. And then other than that, it's just Peter goes to college and Peter's struggling, you know, to adapt to that new part of life. Uncle Ben's been dead for a little bit and Mary Jane's an actress and Peter's thirsting for her really bad and all that stuff. But and you know, Doctor Octavius is a really good villain. Uh, it's just a good movie. It has one of the best trailers ever created for a fucking movie. And <laughs> oh, just it's just two thousand four. Oh my god! It's a great, I mean, what's yeah. I mean, just Peter Peter Parker being Peter Parker, and then eventually having his midlife crisis and saying, "I'm Spider Man no more." It, the older I get, there's a scene in that movie that like I relate to so much, and it's when like some some weird shit goes down, and like the a cop car speeds by, and Peter is giving up being Spider Man at that point, and he eats the hot dog. He yeah. turns and he's <laughs> was it a hot dog or a donut? It's a hot dog. He was at the hot dog stand. He looks at it and he's like, eh, not me. And he just takes a bite out of it. Yeah, he bites that hot dog and he just looks on. He's like, eh, you know, it's not my problem. And I like the older I get, the more I relate to that because it's like the older you get, <laughs> you were making all these things that weren't really about you. You know, you're like, I'm going to go help that person over there. Or I'm worried about that thing over there. And the older that you get, you realize you have less time and you don't need to be everybody's hero. So I've relate to that stupid fucking scene the older i get i still think at least the original trilogy nothing will ever beat the uh jazz scene yes every time like i'm sorry that is like lives in my head rent free the most the most memed movie of all times is spider of all times outside of like shrek's there's like spider-man 3 for sure yes. i don't know why it's but just, I would agree of the, of the trilogy two is by far the best. It has just the best everything all around. Uh, what's the anything else on Spider Man two, Dempsey? Um, that came out when I was a very small child. Okay, <laughs> all right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. We'll, we'll send you the DVD <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> uh, DVD is actually a video format uh, that came before yeah. Blu Ray, but, uh, but after VHS. I think, <laughs> Nick wasn't Spider Man two like the last VHS Spider Man two as well. Oh fuck! It was no God, Josh. Why are you doing this? So I'm the amazing, sorry. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man was Andrew Garfield's first uh, first stab at being Spider-Man. Which I remember when they announced that. That was very weird because it was coming right off of his success in the Social Network, playing Mark Zuckerberg's friend. Yep. That like threatened to beat the shit out of Mark Zuckerberg. Which, in hindsight, you're like, my hero. I wish he would beat the Where's shit out of him. Where's that man now? <laughs> where is he now when we need him the most? Where's the, the champion of heroes when we need him? <laughs> so, so are, wait, are we talking about the Amazing Spider-Man now? Yes. Because yes. I have a cancelable take. So do it. I, I'm not xenophobic, but I do wish our Spider-Man would be American. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the same. It's the same way I feel about Superman. We're like, I really want to like the idea of like a Superman is like Americana kind of home Kansas person. And I don't want the person doing a 
British accent interviews. That's how I feel about <laughs> Spider-Man as well. Well, <laughs> well, you know, I just felt like a New Yorker. <laughs> like, no, like I want, like we can, <laughs> anyways, that's my, that's my hottest take with the amazing Spider-Man movies is uh, I, I wish they cast an American. That's it. Do you hear that internet? We got them. We got them. We're <laughs> Dempsey canceled. Twice. Dempsey canceled. <laughs> but no, so this, I think this introduced more people to Gwen, like non-comic readers to Gwen Stacy. And her yes. whole arc and the, the, the tragedy of the Stacy family, at least the start of the tragedy. I mean, my biggest take with this, besides the fact that Nick still has both of my Blu-rays of it. Um, <laughs> is, yeah, Nick, I gave it to you to watch, both of them, I, and I didn't get either I, one back. I only had the second one. I had the first no, one. No, you had one and two. But moving on. Moving you need on to do better. In, you need to do better inventory, dude. You need to quit stealing my stuff. I don't. I don't have. Nick, a you have a Blu-ray plugged Nick, into it anything. Goes, <laughs> Nick, it goes. It goes back to Nightshade. Oh God. Get 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 to your point. Get to your point. <laughs> so getting to my point. Uh, so like Nick said, bringing up the the Stacy family, it's uh, their tragedy. I mean, for those spoiler alert for old movies and comics, Captain Stacy, her father dies. And Gwen herself dies. Josh, I haven't watched your Blu-ray yet. <laughs> yeah, I, bastard. <laughs> so um, what? But in in retrospect, too, I think by far we got the best Spider-Man out of Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I think he was a because I always get it mixed up. Uh, Tobey Maguire played a good Peter Parker. Yes. Andrew very Garfield, nerdy boy. Very nerdy boy. Andrew Garfield played a better Spider-Man. Yes, because as Peter better Parker, suit. he was more like a like grungy i'm you know gonna stick to myself but i'm still kind of cool it's like no peter was definitely a nerd and everybody hated him because he was a nerd so what what i liked about this one is they they didn't they weren't cute with the secret identity he this peter parker was just like i'm gonna use this to get laid and he tells gwen stacy like super early like hey i'm 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 spider-man i'm (laughs) spider-man like look what comes out of my veins Spoiler alert for something we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, <laughs> the other thing, I think the the CGI in this one holds up. Like the effects in it hold up. There, oh, li- yeah. liz- Doctor Connors, aka the Lizard, is in this one, and it looks really good, especially when you compare his appearance in um, No Way Home. No Way Home. Yeah, he looks like shit. No Way Home. Oh, he does, and it it does no respect. You know the the scene where you see them devolving back to themselves is just from the actual sony movie really yeah if you look back they do the same thing with sandman they did the same thing with uh uh dr connor i mean it's bad they reuse assets like a high school yearbook club yeah (laughs) high school yearbook club does it better (laughs) so so not the poop on the home trilogy but i did have a question so sandman you never see the actor that plays sandman is that because they couldn't get him back or is he dead or I think he's still uh, no, kicking. They were just trying to save money. Oh, just so they didn't have to transform him back well, and forth. I mean, well, th- think about this, Nick. You've got three Spider-Man on one movie, and you're not even throwing in Doctor Strange or Zendaya at that fact, dude. That's like, re- like the movie it's a was huge re- cast for what, what movie it is. Okay, okay I don't want to make this shit on uh, shit on uh, Far From Home or yeah, I don't Far From Home, No Way Home. I don't want to use this as an hour to shit on No Way Home, but. You know, the further we get away from that movie, the more I'm like, yeah, that was just a nostalgia kick, and that wasn't a very good movie. It was, but I think it was also a good way to end the trilogy, because now we're going to get... So we had 
Spider-Man, Peter Parker, who is just very naive and learning what it's like to be Spider-Man. Now that he knows, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, we now have a Spider-Man who is a little more humble and is a little more understanding of the world and realizes that he can't really rely too much on others because when he does uh, and tries to help everybody, that honestly bad things can happen. Well, I think that's the weakness of those three movies is that it's very much an MCU movie. It's very much. And that's Spider-Man true. is always so much better when he's on his own. And it's, it's, it's the curse of the MCU. Like, oh, hey, fucking Doc, Nick Fury's in the second movie just because we had Samuel L. Jackson over here in the, in the dugout. And we were like, hey, Sam, you want to come on out and play? It's been a minute. Uh, but it turns out not to be him because it's a dredge or whatever it's called. And same for, like, the first one. Iron Man's <laughs> lingering. Same for that third... Like, there's always someone in his fucking movie, and it's like, just fucking give me a Spider-Man movie, MCU. Fuck. Shit. Moving on to the last one, though, who they actually, you know, they took that lesson to heart. Sorry, go ahead, Dempsey. I see something no, lingering over no. there. So, uh, I, have, I have two thoughts. The first one is, I have no strong opinions about The Amazing Spider-Man, other than it's very funny the director's name is Derek Webb. Like, I think, I think, a little bit on the nose there. I think, uh, he, he used that when he was pitching himself. I think, uh, he had to, like, after the meeting, he was like, and my name is Derek Webb. And, like, that was totally a moment in, like, the Sony offices, which I think is very funny. The execs still applaud him. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I want to be cool and not like the MCU Spider-Man movies, but I think I gave it five stars on Letterboxd, and my review said Thwip, and that was it. It was just the word Thwip and five stars. Gross. <laughs> so. Disgusting. But see, there's nothing wrong with liking the MCU. Like it, on their own, they, they, are, they, they are what they, they are. It's Peter Parker learning to become a hero. I just, I'm... I think I- I, I love- think I got laid after that movie, so that might have been. I'm not sure. You wrote your letterbox. <laughs> you wrote your letterbox. You, you wrote Thwip, and then you went Thwip. <laughs> yeah. He he watched the movie, and 90 seconds later, he was late in making that review. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good time. Anyways, <laughs> I, I I'm just the older I get, I'm like I have less time. I don't I don't want to fucking watch like 20 movies to understand what's going on here. Um, but I yeah, think realistically, you don't have to watch. Give me movies. my standalone movies. It's all. It's oh. not going to happen, Nick. As long as Sony still technically owns the rights, there, it's not going to happen. Moving on, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This came out of nowhere and surprised people. This is from Sony, but uh, I think the studio that did this is Lord Miller. Folks behind After Party, they did the uh, Millers versus Everybody Else or whatever that movie was called. And uh, this is my Mitchell's versus the machines. Mitchell's versus the machines. There it is. I loved that movie. That movie fucks so hard. So fucking That's hard. A great it's movie. So fucking good. And you can see you can see a lot of like the stylistic decisions that like went into that that also go into like the Spider-Man series. That movie is about filmmaking. Like that is the plot of that movie. Is that little girl wants to make movies? That's a great movie. A great Everyone should watch movie. that movie. Mitchell's versus the <laughs> machines. You'll fucking watch it right now. It's so good, yeah. and it's like got a strong. It's, it's very good. It's got a strong like uh, you know themes around like family and like you know kind of like setting like moving on from your family and like setting your own path, but also you know like supporting each other even as you're like moving on from your family. 
Uh, it's a great fucking movie. Go watch it, Josh. I see you. Okay, <laughs> what are you okay. doing here? Go fucking watch it. Well, it's on Netflix. Podcast. So Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. This is the first Miles Morales movie. Uh, for those who don't know, Miles Morales, I believe, was created after people threw a fit when rumors are going around that Donald Glover might be like the next Spider-Man. And like there was such backlash from racist online that Marvel is like, no, you get a black Spider-Man now, you pieces of shit. And honestly, I think Miles Morales is a better spider. Like we've talked about it to death already, but Miles Morales is a really good Spider-Man and he's in a better place character wise than Peter Parker, who's just been beaten to death at this point. Um, so I think what makes Miles better is Peter is usually now considered the veteran. We, we have a veteran Spider-Man showing the ropes to a young Spider-Man. And like you said, like you said before, he's more, Miles is more relatable to the youth. Miles in more is, ways than one. Miles is Batman Beyond. Yes, Miles is Batman Beyond. Eh? And uh, who didn't like Batman? Who doesn't like Batman Beyond? I don't know too many people who do. If they do, like, we beat them in the streets. Yes. If they don't, we beat them in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even in the comics, Miles is like a staple. Now you cannot have a Spider-Man without Miles Morales. It's almost impossible. Even the kids' cartoons, uh, Miles is like in everything Spider-Man-wise. And honestly. It shows that you can have two of the same character uh, with different backgrounds at different stages of their lives. And I think they're both in fantastic spots. That's the that's the one thing about the new Spider-Man game I really like is that they both call each other Spider-Man with like no real like. <laughs> they're just like, <laughs> Spider-Man! Spider-Man! But no, this movie's really cool. They play with art styles. They have all these different... They have Spider-Ham. They have uh, Noir Spider-Man. Uh, they bring, I forget, uh, the one voiced by, uh, what's that guy's name? Nick something. Or Nick no, Cage? Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson. There it is. Voiced by Jake <laughs> Johnson. His, he was Nick and uh, new girl. Uh, gotcha. Peter B. Parker. Peter B. Parker. There it is. Uh, I already said spider ham. They had the, uh, the anime spider girl with like the robot spider. And, you know, this is just something they build on in the sequel. And, you know, you, Peter is, uh, Peter is. And Peter miles, uh, you know, is just coming to his own and they do some really fascinating stuff in the seek in the, into the spider verse. Um, it's just a good, uh, not to be a broken record here at the end of the show, but it's just a good fucking movie. Like it's something completely different. That isn't just a rehashing of every other fucking Spider-Man while also, you know, like poking fun at like store, like story elements that have been told throughout multiple different, like versions of Spider-Man story. I, yeah, I think that into the spider verse is probably the most important superhero movie since the Avengers. Um, because it, I, I think it's like one of the only reasons people do not straight up hate superhero movies. Now, I think Marvel has kind of burned a lot of its goodwill with people. Um, like the MCU is not known for making good movies for like the past three years or so. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, like, and obviously DC, um, <laughs> and, and, no, and so, like, he just I, added an I hour think... to the podcast by mentioning <laughs> DC. Oh, god, and and so I think that, like, Into the Spider Verse was like, like a shot in the arm or like a justification for superhero movies continues existence, and I also think 
it's also probably the most important animated film in general of the past 10 years um like since like I, i would put it up there with like pixar level of importance to like the animation industry um well what would you like out of curiosity what would you say is the most important movie to come out of pixar uh the first toy star movie okay as like a a new template for what we can do with animation um so yeah i mean i yeah i think just as as like a as like an animated film in general i think uh into the spider-verse was um just yeah incredibly important also across the spider-verse like it's so weird how that movie is so good like I, i went and i watched that movie and like i was so enthralled the entire time and i was keep expecting it to like not be as good at some point um but i was like i was fully bought in by like that film as well it did something that surprised me because all the meta like everything's doing a metaverse like mcu is doing a metaverse in every fucking movie fucking what was the movie that just won best picture everything everywhere all at once was a take on the metaverse it seemed uh, fucking dc not to be pedantic but do you mean multiverse or are you saying multiverse multi yeah multi Multiverse, Facebook meta- metaverse. It's a metaverse. Yeah, you know, it's it caught on. No, so multi, <laughs> so multi, multiverse. Like everything has a take on it, and it's just so very tired. Like when everything is possible, nothing is possible. I feel like, and it's just sure. like we we just gotta cool it. But like I was so yeah, across the Spider Verse and the the naming convention, I can bitch about that. But now that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now that I remember, the second one is across. First one's into. It's it's fine, but. Yeah, that second movie, I expect because I knew there was some multi multiverse stuff going on in there, so I was a little worried going in. But it was a movie that didn't overdo it. It didn't feel like that was all they were riding on. It was. I feel like the issues issues I have with a lot of movies that do the multiverse wrong is that the multiverse is like their big pull. They're like, this is the cool thing. Whereas this movie is like, no, we have like these emotional through lines about these about our character arcs that you are going to really care about while this multiverse stuff is playing in the background. And I think that's what I really like about Across the Spider-Verse compared to everything else that's dabbling in multiverse uh, thematics. So what you're saying is they're doing the multiverse a favor because it's not relying on the multiverse. No, yeah, the multiverse is there, but the multiverse isn't like the main course. The multiverse right. is like, you know, you they bring out the the cheesecake after, then that's that oh, you're like, oh, that's that's the Spider-Man from that, and that's the Spider-Man for that. Whereas the Flash is like, here are all these colorful globes with all these cool things you like, you fucking idiots. Fucking look at these globes. <laughs> you like these globes, don't you? That's what you're here for. Yeah. I ignore I, Ezra I, Miller being a problematic person. <laughs> Get in here, you bitch. I, uh... I I have not seen the Flash, um, but I, I assume it's exactly like that. <laughs> I assume... <laughs> Dialogue and yeah. all—that's exactly what they say. <laughs> yeah, just some Warner Brothers exec like walks out onto an empty stage and is like, "You're gonna fucking love this '80s reference." <laughs> I just I just die at James Gunn coming out saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna keep it the way it is. It's a fantastic movie to introduce my universe," and it's like awful, and it's just like. James, how can we trust you, man? You said this is going to be good. Really quick, before we get into the last bits of Spider-Man stuff, uh, guys, you know how like there's everything going on with Jonathan Majors, and it's, it's a will he or won't he play Kang the rest of the way? I have God, the it's... perfect. <laughs> I have the perfect recasting. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. You're gonna be like, yeah. oh, Terrence Howard. 
Son of a bitch. That's actually really good. Terrence fucking Howard. That's very funny. Just because he disapp- like, he disappeared after the first MCU movie. Like, how yeah, fucking hilarious can, would that be? They can make that. Uh, make canon it make sense. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and, again, really and Ter- I believe Terrence Howard has some issues as well. Uh, n- nothing on the level of Jonathan Majors, but I mean, they've worked with him before. They have that relationship. Yeah. Will he be willing, though? <laughs> I just think that w- part of me, I thought of that, about that earlier today and I was like, that's fucking, that's too clever for them to do that. They, they, no, no. That's too on the nose. No, we can't. Okay. So to finish up, we have a few, uh, few non uh, video game or movie type media for Spider Man. I'm going to let Dempsey take it away on this one. Dempsey, what you got? Okay. So I have a couple things I need to say before we get off the call. First of all, uh, there's a very niche thing that I need to talk about for the Miles Morales PS4 video game. And I don't think you guys are going to know what this is. And I don't think any of your listeners are going to know what this is. But in case someone does, it's wild. So I have a tattoo. Uh, and it says 116. Um, and it's the a record label for like really niche evangelical hip hop, like religious hip hop that I was very into when I was in middle and high school. And on that record label there's this rapper his name is lecrae um and like in this wildly niche very strange genre of hip-hop um he's like the biggest one in there and he is on the soundtrack for the miles morales spider-man ps4 game (laughs) um he has he has uh he, he has a song on there and he was very proud of it um and it's it's a fine song but so if you are like me and grew up going to like um strange church youth camps and know who lecrae is lecrae is on the miles morales soundtrack for the for the ps4 video game um so that's that's the one thing i wanted to say dempsey i think you underestimate our listeners i think they're very into the (laughs) no you're right you're right (laughs) strange theological hip-hop from like 2007 um and right are you fact checking me no, I, I'm pulling it up right now just to listen to see which one it was. Oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, when I was like seven, I had this kick-ass tee. Like, it was a button-up uh, shirt that was Spider-Man. It was just like this, like Spider-Man doing like the wall thing on like this button-up shirt. And it was like four sizes too big. And I wore it like every day. Um, while you were it, listening I to have, your evangel- evangelical hip hop. <laughs> yes. That, that was me. The, uh, so, cause I'm, um, and then also, uh, I used to read more comics, do not read many comics now. Um, Oh fuck. Someone needs to talk about, uh, imagine dragons at some point as well. We can't let that, we can't, we can't let that not go. It's not happen. It's speed round. It's speed <laughs> but, round. Yeah. But, um, so Spider-Man rain is my favorite Spider-Man comic. I bought it specifically because I heard people talking about the premise of this book. Um, uh, Peter Parker gives Mary Jane cervical cancer because his semen is radioactive. And that is him hugging the like that is like the the central point of this whole story is like spider-man the my lights glaring it but there we go is spider-man like coming to grips with the fact that he um killed mary jane with his love it's the most Um, relatable he's ever been (laughs) yeah it's it's so 
batshit crazy. There's also like it's like an old Spider-Man story. Like Spider-Man is aged up, and like all the villains are aged up and stuff like that. So like from that perspective, it actually is like kind of interesting. Also, it it's like themed around the itsy bitsy spider nursery rhyme, which like is just like the most campy, ridiculous thing ever. Um, I wouldn't call it a good story, but. I don't regret my purchase. It's out there. It's out. It's different. It's different. <laughs> so yeah. I hope they let Tom Holland um, do that one in the next uh, MCU movie. That <laughs> I would. I, I yeah. I, I'd go forty times if they did. I I would. I would go every single day if the if the MCU with like their like sensibilities and like commercial thing gave Mary Jane cervical cancer from radioactive semen like that that would be like an artistic accomplishments like the Sistine Chapel. It would, it would be, it would be incredible. Anyways. I mean, they, uh, they also, just did kill Jane Foster, uh, Jane, Jane Foster in love and thunder. We saw that together, right, Josh? Yeah. So, I mean, they've dabbled in cancer stories. I mean, why not this, right? Yeah. But she also technically was sent to Valhalla when was she really dead? But also love and thunder was love and thunder. So, yeah. I mean, it was good for, once again, good for what it is, but take it with a grain of salt. Back to Dempsey. Anyways, no, that's it. That's that's all the Spider-Man-ness I got. Uh, apparently, in, uh, Spider-Man Into the Dark, the musical, had some Imagine Dragons influence oh, on yeah. it? Oh, or... yeah. No, ima- the, the, the band members of Imagine Dragons wrote that musical, or like wrote the music for that musical. And then they turned those songs in to their first album, like Radioactive. Radioactive, um, <laughs> radioactive. Um, also, that musical killed like several people um, and injured several audience members because of how poorly they integrated like the swinging um, things because like they were doing it live and stuff like that. Um, it, it also spent like the most amount of time in pre-sale for any show ever made so like apparently broadway has like soft launches where like you know the critics get like a month to come and see it before the general public or whatever mm-hmm. and apparently this show was like that for like two and a half years um <laughs> anyways uh and it had a rough run I, it had a rough broadway run also it was the most expensive thing ever produced on broadway it, well, anyway there's a reason why South Park made fun of it. Yeah, it's so, a really good South Park episode. He wasn't wearing his flotation device. I can't help but think he would have survived had he been wearing it. Uh, Dempsey, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We appreciate you. Hey, and I'll give you a chance to pitch your stuff at the end here after I do my bit. But hey, everybody, we made it to the end of the episode. Uh, Josh, I don't remember everything I say here, but I'm going to pitch myself. Hey, you can find me, Nick, at that Kaufman on Twitter. You can also find me on YouTube at Twitch at Nick Fat Night. Josh, where can the people find you? I can find me anywhere at I'm Josh Sang. He's always just saying something. And Dempsey, where can the people find your lovely face and voice on the internet? Yeah, so uh, you can follow us on Overthinking Games on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we have an RSS feed. Uh, feel free to send me mean or horny emails. Um, or, you know, leave uh, thirsty comments in our TikTok comment section. Thank you. Well, now that I know I can send you horny emails, like the gates yeah. are open. The yeah, gates. Are... You'll, have, you'll have it by midnight. <laughs> I'm already drafting something up in my head. Uh, yeah. Hey, this is Smashing Game Time, guys. Again, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Not Google Podcasts anymore. It's dead. Sorry. Uh, hey, thank you as always to Alex Marvin Clark for our intro and outro song, Hunt Him Down. Check out his SoundCloud. We've got a link in the show notes. And again, thank you to Trident. Go check out our siblings. Thank you to David for being a patron. David, thank you for the cash, bud. We appreciate it. 
and uh, Smashing Game Time. We're also working on a website that is a work in progress, hoping to have that up in time for Game of the Year because I want to get some Game of the Year list up there from Josh, myself, some of the other bros, some of our reoccurring guests. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. I'm still working on it. Uh, Squarespace is a lot of fun. Uh, uh, hey, this is episode 98. Two more until episode 100. Josh and I are doing a special in-person episode. We're going to read some emails, so check in for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Hey, everybody, this has been Smashing Game Time. I hope you all had a smashing great time. We'll see each and every one of you next time. Bye. Bye. You guys say bye. 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 bye.